There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Before we do get going on this week's ups and downs for AEW Dynamite, it certainly seems like Jim Ross may be about to take some time off to deal with the fact that he's going through skin cancer. So I just wanted to stand here and say, one, Jim Ross, we sent all our love and our thoughts to you. And also, two, you are badass. You are the best wrestling commentator of all time. And if anybody says otherwise, they can come and talk to me. And then we'll just have a conversation because I like to be nice. But hello, yes, my name is Simon Miller and it is time for another episode of AEW Dynamite. And we need to discover whether it was any good or whether it made us want to cry. But also don't forget, we also have a little show here on What Culture Wrestling called Retro Ups and Downs. Like the last one we did was for the higher power. It was me, Austin, it was me all along. And the next one is gonna be WrestleMania 15. And if you think that's a good show, <laughs> you insane. But we shall worry about that later. And as for now, let us take the finger of power and give the good bits an up and the bad bits a down for the latest episode of All Elite Wrestling's Dynamite. this was just a brilliant start to this week's episode of AEW Dynamite. If you're one of these guys that's like, man, I am desperate for the Attitude Era to return, well, you just got the best of it. And no, I'm not talking about content for horny teenage boys, which is always some kind of crazy justification for what we did back then. Also, if you are somebody that spouts that out, why are you concerned about the well-being of horny teenagers? But anyway, the whole point is that CM Punk made his Chicago entrance and everyone was like, oh my God, CM Punk, I love you so much when MJF interrupted him and then both guys had a microphone and good grief did they have one hell of a promo off. Because Maxwell told Punk that he was offended that he had ignored him last week, that he had peaked when he had done that pipe bomb promo, but also even though that he is straight edge, he still somehow looks like a meth addict. And it's got to the point now, every time MJF has a microphone, I'm like, I don't know what the hell he's going to say. Friedman then went on to tell Punk there was a reason he never mentioned his name when he was coming into AEW because, and I quote, he knows that he would drop him faster 
than his UFC career. I mean, sheesh, talk about shots fired. Punk had a bunch of this too because he knows what MJF really stands for, my jealous fan, because of course, when Maxwell Jacob Freeman was a kid, he adorned his bedroom walls with posters of CM Punk. And the whole reason he didn't say a word to him seven days ago is because he knows how to push MJF's buttons. For example, by telling him right here, right now, that he's nothing more than a not as famous Miz. And honestly, the reaction to that, it was beautiful. MJF then fired back the CM Punk had become everything he hated, AKA John Cena. And then talking of Cena and a certain Triple H, that dies directly into CM's career, or why he's always been second best, and why he's second best now. And at this point, I just started clapping like this came across as real. It was then back to Punk who went, oh yeah, well, when I was selling out Madison Square Garden, you were marking out on Rosie O'Donnell. And oh, by the way, I know you got it in the New York Times around that period. And the next time you're going to be in it, it's going to be in the obituary section. So that, my friends, is a death threat. This all tied into the whole four pillars of AEW stuff that MJF has been going on about when Punk said, you don't even realize you've been replaced by Britt Baker. And just as he was about to punch him in the face, of course, MJF bailed. And honestly, you need to go and watch this. It went about 20 minutes, but it felt like it went too. So this was just an awesome back and forth with a bunch of insider references that will make nerds like us go, this is great. But even a casual fan would be able to get into it because they were explaining the whole deal. Absolutely brilliant. Absolutely tremendous to the point. It doesn't just get an up. It gets the golden up. And then right after this, it was CM Punk versus QT Marshall. I mean, what a strange timeline we are living in. Aaron Solo and Nick Comorato also got sent to the back and I was pleased about that because old Nick here keeps coming at me on Twitter with his hairy jest and pirate-like jacket. But the best part about this is that even though they were trying to distract CM Punk, Punk was like, nah, I ain't having none of that because he's a smart babyface. Otherwise, this was a pretty straightforward match. I mean, it was happening in Punk's hometown, so they absolutely adored him. And eventually he hit the big elbow, he hit the GTS, he got the one, two, three. I mean, when you tied this in with everything that happened beforehand. How could you not enjoy this? Up. We then had an interesting quip from Christian afterwards because he was standing with the Jurassic Express and he said, look, I love these guys so much and they're so talented and they're so high up in the rankings that I'm going to make sure they become tag team champions. Now, because I've been watching wrestling for so long, that stupid part of my brain went, oh, maybe he's going to swerve them. And I don't want that to happen, but I can't help but think it. We shall wait and see. Eddie Kingston 2.0 and Danny Garcia also fell out here because the bad guys found Kingston, basically wound him up, and then threw coffee right in his face. Garcia and his dads are also prodding the bear by going, oh, John Moxley, where's your friend John Moxley? So now I'm worried about these guys' safety. I mean, Eddie Kingston is going to track him down and probably stab him right in the face. Either way, they are going to fight on Rampage, or like I say, we're probably going to see a murder. The Gun Club versus Bear Country was next, and I just want to get this out of the way. I am really pleased that the Guns have been promoted to AEW Dynamite, because they have been doing a great job on AEW Dark and AEW Elevation. So this is how it should go, and also the Bears are a great team. But for some reason, all of this is just flying straight over my bald head. And also, this didn't really go very long. And after some brawling on the outside and some steel steps action, Colton got back in the ring. He hit the 45. And he just got the one, two, three. And you knew Sting and Darby Allen were going to appear at some point, which they did at this very moment. And because Sting came out first, Austin Gunn just started making a beeline up the rampway, 
where Derby appeared from nowhere and honestly murked this fool like he was some kind of tiger cat. I mean, it was genuinely like someone from the back had said, first person on the rampway gets free pizza. And Darby Allen was like, oh man, I want to eat. And zoom, he went. It also allowed the icon and his boy to chase these guys off. And while all this was pretty cool, I don't really understand what the end game is here. And why on earth did we beat Bear Country so easily? They're really, really big. I also don't think you want to beat the gun club anytime soon because they never lose. And hopefully I'll gravitate towards this eventually. And look, there's nothing wrong here. It's just I watch a hell of a lot of wrestling. I can't enjoy all of it. This is one of those segments. Down. Adam Cole and Bobby Fish were then backstage discussing how a source of fuel and something from the ocean were going to be able to coexist. And because they called themselves best friends, the real best friends heard that. So they wouldn't have a chat with them. So I suppose that is gimmick infringement. And because of this, they're going to have a best buddies match on Rampage. I think this is going to go very well for the good guys. And then AEW did what AEW does wonderfully. They circumvented your expectations. Because seriously, hands up if you thought the whole thing with Dante Martin and Team Taz was going to go with Dante Martin going, no, I will never join you Team Taz. I'm more of a color blue kind of a guy. And then they have a big feud. I put my hand back up because that's what I expected. Instead though, we did the far more interesting thing where we saw Dante Martin, Leo Rush and Team Taz in the back with a contract. And even though Leo was going, don't say that, it's a terrible idea. Dante said, nah, brah, I am going to sign it. He did. He ate some kind of snack the hooker got him he walked over a table that was weird but he did indeed walk off with team taz so now straight away i'm far more intrigued even if this does turn out to be a ruse so once again that's another round of applause this is all i need in my life Britt baker then told us that jamie hater would win the tbs tournament and then jamie hater came out to the ring and she lost nerds. She was taking on Thunder Rosa here as well. And the real story of this was how many times was Jamie Hayter going to get thrown into the barricade? Because they fought to the outside when Jamie Hayter was in control. And that ended with her going into the barricade. They then got back in the ring. They went outside again. And yes, Jamie Hayter got thrown into the barricade. It meant Jamie had to use the ring post to get back on top. And honestly, that was brilliant because she caught Thunder Rosa, who was jumping off the ring apron and then just murked her into this steel thing. And you already know what happened here. Because Thunder started to get some momentum, Rebel, who was on the outside, went, no, I don't want that to happen. So she just got involved. And this was happening after Rosa had applied a submission hold as well. And because the referee was taken up with Rebel, Britt Baker just got in there to break it up. And then just as she was about to kick Thunder Rosa right in the face, she missed and she hit Hater instead. So you know the clock has started to tick on this group breaking up as is always the way in wrestling and because there was a bunch of nonsense here Thunder Rosa said well I'm pretty experienced at this pro wrestling malarkey and she hit the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment. The surprise roll up she got the three and she's going through to the next round. And yes I know that finish is so overused in wrestling but sometimes it can work and it did work here and also this tournament in general I have enjoyed immensely and it's getting it up. It then just seemed like 2.0 and Danny Garcia wanted to create as much beef as possible because Chris Jericho was being interviewed and before he could finish, these three just arrived and was like, Haha, Chris Jericho, we think you suck. This annoyed a champion who did ask the man, why are your heads so square? And he does have a good point. They do have square heads. And now it kind of seems like Eddie Kingston and Chris Jericho are going to team up to take on 2.0. 
And I thought about it, and I thought, yes, I would like that. And to be honest, I just want Garcia on 2.0 on as many shows as possible. We then got a bunch of out of nowhere stuff too, because Britt Baker Rebel and Tony Schiavone was having a Friendsgiving. And because Tone was there, he was like, ah, oh, Britt, do you remember back at All Out when Riho actually didn't get thrown out of the Casino Battle Royal? Well, I've been tagged to Mr. Khan, and he's decided this Friday on Rampage, it is going to be you versus Riho. And if Riho wins, She's going to get a title match. So that was completely unexpected. I went and checked my front door to make sure I hadn't missed something. And I don't even know what that means. But I suppose something is bubbling under the surface here. And good grief, does it give you a good reason to watch Rampage? Next up was Brian Danielson versus Colt Cabana. And honestly, this made me feel so warm and fuzzy in my tum-tum. Because they were wrestling like 20 years ago. And now they're doing it again, but on the biggest stage possible. It was absolutely fabu, and it's getting it up. It was exactly as you'd expect too with them, just trading some strikes which were so damn hard. And every time Colt tried to do anything, he just pissed off Brian Danielson. Like he gave him a moonsault eventually, but Danielson looked at him like, man, you have now struck me down, and I'm gonna go crazy. Because he grabbed Colt Cabana's head, and he kicked him so many times in the skull, I'm amazed that his skin didn't come off. But I tell you what did happen, Colt lost a tooth, and of course he lost a tooth. It was one man just booting him right in the boat. He was so dazed, it allowed Danielson to apply the label lock. And I loved how Colt Cabana sold it. He was all like, man, I'm so knocked out. I don't know what to do. But my instinct had kicked in, so I will tap out. Brian Danielson is so brutal at the moment. And also, every time I do see him, I think to myself, he may very well be the best wrestler ever. This continued afterwards as well when he was doing a promo with Tony Schiavone because he said, well, last time I was in Chicago, I got a great reaction. Now I've come back, I've not really done anything different and I'm being booed. So do you know what you fans are? Fickle. This is what I was doing in my lounge. I was like, yeah, yeah, because I'm such a geek. He still wants to murder the entire Dark Order, which is his plan. And then AEW remembered the golden rule of wrestling because he mentioned Hangman Adam Page's name. So out came the cowboy. We are going full on asshole with Danielson now too, because Hangman was like, I shall fight you right here, right now. And Brian was like, well, that doesn't seem very fair. I just had a wrestling match. I'm not surprised you would pitch this idea. So on the one hand, he's absolutely right, but the way he does it, he is such a jerk. After they verbally gone at it too, Brian gave Paige a slap, which did trigger this mini brawl before Daniel ran away. And I can't wait for this match. It is going to be so damn good. And there's a tiny part of me, this part right here, that actually thinks Brian Danielson should win. I just think it would enrage the fan base so much. Because deep down, I just want to turn to the dark side. Somehow, it was then our main event, because honestly, this whole episode of Dynamite just rushed by. It was so entertaining. And look what we had here. Because it was Malachi Black, Andrade, and FTR taking on Cody Rhodes and the entirety of Death Triangle. I mean, I'm sorry, you could go to different universe, a different universe, a different universe, and this would be brilliant every single time. Up. The whole idea was to have as much fun as possible, and this was an absolute glorious ride. Right down to the point that Chicago had decided, nah, man, we don't like Cody Rhodes, and not only are we going to boo him out the building, but when he chucks his weightlifting belt into the crowd, we're going to chuck it right back. And that got such a good response, and Cody sold it so damn well, I audibly said out loud, man, I love wrestling, because I really, really do. The rest of the teams then started using teamwork to try and get a team advantage, because that's the whole point of a tag team match. 
And then eventually Phoenix tagged in and you already know the deal. As ever, he just went potty like somebody had injected him in wrestling, whatever that means. And I do not understand how he does so many moves so quickly to the point my brain can't handle it. Like I'm seeing all these images happening and I'm trying to process it, but it doesn't work. And after he had done that, he tagged in Cody, who straight away just got jeered again. Honestly, this was like a roller coaster ball of fun. Phoenix was then doing his thing again and hit this insane double cutter, which made me feel like I could do anything in the world. And by the time he got the hot tag to Penta, this thing was just going 100 miles an hour to the point if you watched it and didn't even smile just a teeny little bit, I think you're dead inside. Pack was then throwing himself onto everybody on the outside with a Fosbury flop. And at this stage, the tag clacks and sounded, ah, and everybody was hitting their big moves. But because there was so much carnage in the ring, eventually Cody went to kick Andrade right in the face. Andrade ducked and he hit Pack. These guys' relationship is not getting any better. This also meant everybody else was down, so Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson got in the ring, and I swear I was making the weirdest noises ever. And then all of a sudden, Andrade's assistant Jose decided, well, I want a piece of this as well, so Arn and Tully turned around, they kicked his ass. I mean, this was like fan service up the two nine. As soon as that was done as well, FTR was back in the ring and it looked like they were gonna take out Arn, and I mean physically not to dinner, but then Pac was back in, he was doing a bunch of stuff, he was gonna hit the black arrow and Malachi Black turned up, went pfft, splat the black mist in his face, that allowed Andrade to hit the DDT and the bad guys won. And then I just collapsed on the floor and all I'd done is watch. Surely this takes us a step further with everything between Cody and Pac as well, and of course all the other guys have stories of their own which keep coming closer and closer together and what a way to close dynamite especially because it was a damn good way to open it this was a really good show Uh mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.